It was me on site, my polling unit at the last gubernatorial elections. Thankfully, I didn't need running shoes. Thankfully, I actually got to vote this time. If you're listening from outside Nigeria, you might want to Google Nigerian 2023 elections. <laughs> I digress. Here's the story. Voting had ended and it was time for LP1, LP2. <laughs> As we stayed to ensure our votes were counted, some guy boldly shared with us i i don't know i don't know how many people paid him mind but his words have stuck with me ever since he's one you'd refer to as thug looking a tout an agbero amidst the noise amidst our hassling to ensure things were done the right way he made himself clear nobody will suffer after now all of them i go see driving on a marsh for now or something like that. You're welcome to the glide. Today we'll be exploring the somewhat ubiquitous detest of the affluent. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean the seemingly general hatred for rich people. Honestly, I can't remember the exact words of the not so gentle gentleman. I just remember the feeling. I knew he wasn't just spewing. He meant what he said he didn't and maybe still doesn't like people he thinks are well rich or well to do probably to lay emphasis on the thing right because i was in that crowd i was almost definitely being referred to and maybe like him uh me self i want to be rich (laughs) so um but anyways i remember the response of the man to my left he looked at him in a somewhat patronizing way, shook his head and said, illiteracy is not good. It's either that or illiteracy is a bad thing. Either way, his conclusion was obvious. To him, the sole issue here was enlightenment. You know, if only this guy had been go school. So that's what we'll talk about today. Is this detest a real problem? If it is, can we fix it? I'm thinking about this discourse. I spoke to a couple of friends. Lightly, I tried to gauge how much they had suffered in their lives. <laughs> um, well, um, it was meant to be lies, but quickly it felt like I brought back memories they did not expect to be so poignant. You know, saying stories about people trekking miles to school. Nah. <laughs> I don't know what to use to gauge these distances, but they were alarming, right? I was there hearing, oh, well, I actually brought this one up, you know, have you eaten without? And just in case you don't know what that means, eating without is eating without any protein. But yeah, I don't know how you call it in your local dialect or your area, but we they call it without, you understand? So apparently, um, and this is not per choice. You're not choosing not to eat meat. You just don't have the money to afford meat. So you use all the money to buy rice, you know. Or there's no money to buy meat at home. So they just make rice for everybody to eat, right? Um, you know. And then there was this one that really got to me where um, you had to leave school because you're not able to pay fees. Or uh, The truth is that, you know, People have actually suffered, but this one used to bust my head. So there was one time 
we're working me and my friend harold we're working during it and we're joking harold is one of them guys that if you're around you won't stop laughing yeah you do need those kinds of people in your life because harold is just he's just a thrill to be around so anyways me and harold are working now and then we start to play you know this wooden of our past kind of play so basically um I have been through a lot more than you have been through and stuff like that. And we start to exchange suffering and we have not suffered. Yet, so, <laughs> so our, our boss was just, you know, working with us and looking at us. He didn't say nothing. And then he now gives this scenario. He's like, have you ever been so poor and hungry that all you had was Gary? And so that it will go down well, you will go to an area where they fried fish. Now, mind you, all these things, he's speaking it in pidgin, so I wish I could try, but I apologize, you guys. Anyways, <laughs> like, you you take your soaking gari to an area, you know, near the mama puts where they used to fry fish. Then you inhale the smoke. <sighs> and then you drink your gari. <laughs> Guy, we lost our minds. We're like, what is going on here? Oga Temple, we hail, we hail, you are good. What? And it's just crazy because while it can be gloomy, it can also be fun remembering those seasons. And quickly, it dawned on me that, boy, um, I haven't really suffered. You know, um, I, I haven't. <laughs> now, I have a truckload of heart-wrenching tales of my parents suffering, you know, stories from other people, many more from relatable movies. Ah, movies, there's one particular one. There's this one, I don't know what happened to this guy. He lost his parents. He was, what, young? The guy was, if the guy was old, he was probably 12 or 13. Everything was just bad. One day, the guy had a nail in um piercing to his feet because he didn't have shoes walking barefoot then next thing the th- stuff was infected my god see you guys are right movies you guys your imagination imagination won't finish on now but anyways um, i've just had so many of those experiences but listening to my friends um remembering oga temple it's obvious um i may not have any personal ones <laughs> and I found the reason why as the thoughts came. Let it not be like me too. I don't have any hard time. So I'll just give you guys a small gist. So that this time, right, I was the only one in secondary school at the time. So my sister and my brother were still at home. I left for boarding school. So my boarding school was one of them ones that you don't buy food. They give you food. Do you understand? So in essence, um, food was covered. So remember, we called our parents every weekend saturday or sunday so my parents never missed so they always call me through one of our you know um um hostel masters then and i remember my mom talking about how um oh boy like there was no money in the house now i'm in just two and she said this and at the time like i'm like wow okay like i didn't dip it i remember going about my day but just in hindsight every single time i remembered i'm like wow what so then i remember a loaf of bread used to be 250 and she's like, yeah, there was no money in the house. There was just literally like about 250 left. So they just used it to buy bread that they would chew. And in my house, that's something that is not even like purposing something self lucky because we can be in a house with food and then people just go to the fridge to go and collect bread to chew. Do you understand? So, but in this context, there literally was nothing else but the 250. And then they got the bread. And she's like, you know, they just used it and they just, you know, chowed it and, yeah. And, 
that thing stuck in my head, especially looking at now, is just a reminder of the goodness of God. But you know that I know someone will listen to this and be like, ah, get that. <laughs> All your guys are bowlers. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm never going to lie. Yeah, they probably were. My guys were probably all ballers. And that's right there is the reason I talked about. My parents, God bless their souls, oh my Lord. God bless them mightily. You know, um, they invested in our minds. First, I reckon there must have been some vow on both their parts to ensure that no matter what happened, their children will never see red, you know. Um, And, wow, God helped them. So... In little, they prioritize getting us into the best schools in town. So I'll give you a bit of context. I grew up in Port Harcourt. Um, just in case you want to say hi to me. Okay, no, I should not tell you my location because in case... Nah. Anyways, I grew up in Port Harcourt. <laughs> right, and I attended Katoke International School. If you're in Port Harcourt City, if you were in Port Harcourt City at the time, I don't know your primary school. But you know mine. It's just the truth. You know, everybody knew Katoki International School. I, I don't know why I still remember the jingle or the, um, what they call this thing now, anthem, school anthem. But um, I would reserve my singing skills for another episode. And then from there, um, my dad was a contractor for NLNG and somehow we um, got in the school. Now, let me give you context for how good a school this was. My school, my primary school, at least my second primary school, had three streams. Um, the Nigerian stream, the expatriate stream, and the Dutch stream. So Dutch stream was for them guys that speak Dutch. So I'm thinking guys from Netherlands. I don't know if Germany is among. Shout out those guys in that part of Europe. Uh, and then I guess Holland. See, forgive me. We're never guys like that. But then there was the expatriate stream. Now these ones spoke English, so guys from the uk you know the us yeah and then there was a nigerian stream all of us our parents were nigerian <laughs> so we're the ones here and it was so cool in school in your final years there like so think primary five there'll always be this event or get together where all the streams um of the topmost class would come together so there was this exchange of values and you know um cultural exchange and stuff like that Swimming was a subject in my primary school. Yeah. Proper schools. And then, um, personally for me, I went to Covenant University. Whoop, whoop. Um, ha, ha, my Lord. I never believed I ever do that in my entire life. Whoop, foresee you. <laughs> but, I can't lie, um, some of the best universities in Africa. And, yeah, um, so that's just, you know, an aspect that my parents really really did spend their time and money investing in um making sure that we were in the best schools they were um in little they prioritize vacations <laughs> please do not slap me <laughs> i know somebody want to slap me because how can little and vacation be in the same sentence well if you can't fly to the u.s you can body bus to kotonu right um and yeah we actually did and um, it was a bus from lagos to cotonou to togo to ghana and back when we were done with our trip it was you know it was it was beautiful to be honest um how old was i probably 10 or 9 somewhere around there and 
and that also has painted a picture of how bad Nigeria has gotten. Because I remember then, a Naira was 80 or 90 CDs. It was so crazy. My mom wanted to buy um, fried jam from all these guys I used to do, um, you know, food outside. Think Mama put or think... Um, and then when, when she told the woman five CD, the woman looked at her. Five. Five? <laughs> <laughs> and she spoke this Ghanaian dialect to the guy that was, you know, chaperoning us. And he was like, yeah, okay. Guys, since I started this episode, this woman had been packing yam. Um, and we had to... <laughs> bigger to stop giving us yam it was that crazy i think there was a one million cd notes at the at the time hail hail nigeria anyways uh we did travel a bit mind you this was at the peril of many other quote-unquote developments that people maybe my parents ages would be able to boast of so think having your own house or setting up a proper business or things like that it felt like they were slow you know um, it really did feel like that. I didn't dip it, but having conversations with my mom, you know, how my auntie would say this or that, you know, why are you going to this place? Why can't you use that money and buy land? All these kind of things, you know. Yeah, they chose the other route. And what this did was build an esteem that money couldn't buy. Um, it, <sighs> I got to meet wealthy people who never left their cities and I was stunned. I was like, what? I, I didn't believe that it was possible. Do you understand? My siblings and I had our minds expanded to possibilities beyond our generation's account balance. <laughs> like, I remember seeing this building in Ghana at the time that was just made up of glass. It was all glass. And it was so weirdly shaped, it didn't make sense for it to be physically balanced. It was in Accra. I can't remember. Oh, my Lord. It was crazy. And then I remember seeing the National Theatre at the time. It was, you know, better than every other building or architecture team in nigeria at the time right and then you just see some kind of places real life you know my wow you know and there was just this thing it did to our minds we never really built an identity on the end of the money spectrum we found ourselves however it seems to be the case that many do so hearing the not so gentle gentleman speak was really insightful for me it made me think that in a little way, maybe I have thought similarly. Even if it's just once. You know, that properly rich men are usually bad men. Sadly, Kanayo Kanayo did not help my cause. <laughs> because I don't know why in all the films, you have to be good and suffering. I don't know. And then when you now become a bad man, you know, when you start to drink blood, you start to, you know, kill people. Um, and that's when the ego begins to flow. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's just this sense that few rich people are actually moral in their getting. For others like him, they may also have this bias because of the plethora of experiences they have. Sights of blatantly rude rich people. <sighs> in my opinion, this is usually birthed as a result of a once I was poor, now I am rich, I must show the world mentality. <laughs> I remember I was selling parts not too long ago. Uh, and over the counter, I met a lot of different kinds of people. So the cars we were servicing were really, really cool cars, you know, BMWs, you know, Rolls Royce, you know, that, that type of stuff. 
So I I clearly remember this young lady that came to buy what now was it a batch. She just came to buy something for apparently her car. If I was going to gauge how old she was, see that girl's like my younger sister. Them them not even lie to you. She's probably you know I'm probably older than her at least one year, maybe at the most we are the same age. I shall know that we are both Gen Z. Okay, no, I shouldn't have said that. But um, <laughs> yeah, she was just so courteous and you know patient because it's a thing where you know you, you want to come and get your business done and get out but she's very courteous and patient and i remember when it was time for her to pay she mistakenly brought out her dollar card and the driver was pointing out to her oh ma ma this guy is like my father's age anyways <laughs> i was like oh ma no the other i was like oh sorry and then she there was just this effortlessness to her wealth you know it was just uh-uh. Just very missive. I was like, hey, no be like now let me tell you what we're trying to compare her to. You know, there was this other guy that came and apparently his Rolls Royce had been in the workshop for quite some time. Now, many people that own Rolls Royces in this country, um, first of all, like the company I worked for was one that really was the only or is the only servicing company for Rolls Royces in Nigeria. But I have to say that a lot of the Rolls Royces in Nigeria are really old models, like uh I don't think there was any Rolls Royce there that was, what, from 2015. Okay, maybe from 2015, something like that. And I was working there, um, what, what time now? 2021-ish. See, all the Rolls Royce, just know that the, the, most of the Rolls Royce is there. They were really nice, but they were old models. So, you don't used to, just because of that, that's my own edge, you know. <laughs> I'm just joking. But anyways, he came and he was actually just not being nice, Right. Um, the technician was trying to explain to him and then next thing he was like, I'm going to call, you know, the owner of the company and apparently he knew the owner of the company. I was calling him by his first name, I'll be by his um, your name. I'm going to call him and tell him what kind of thing is there. I'm like, Chema, relax, you know, like just calm down. And then we saw a lot of other people come and behave rudely to people because if you're servicing your car, if you're servicing your car with us, it's most likely an expensive car. You're most likely either rich or your company is funding a rich lifestyle. Oh, yeah, we got a lot of misbehavior. So just to juxtapose these two kinds of people, because there were people that were so calm and nice and ended up spending the most money with us. And as well, I just came and like were tooting their loud horns and, you know, nothing come out. Um, <laughs> so at the time, I opined that, you know, truly wealthy people, I mean, the ones that haven't been smeared with poverty, you know, these ones aren't usually arrogant. But I know better. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, these kinds of um, rude people, or I say rude rich people, are in a sense victims of the perils of poverty. For others like the not-so-gentle gentleman, they may have this bias because of a plethora of experiences they have. Exploitation executed by the already rich people. Literally keeping the poor, poor... Or in places like Nigeria, poverty weaponization. Um, this one is very, very, very rampant. Um, like I said, we just finished our elections. And this is one of them things. We impoverish people so hardly that you make minimal amounts seem so huge. They can't resist. And then you buy their voices. Yeah. Poverty weaponization. <laughs> Recounting all this, it's very easy for anyone on the receiving end to become 
impoverished bigots okay that sounded harsh i'm sorry but it's true it's true it's true for the poor man that defaults to hating the rich man well because he is rich it's true for the rich man that feels more of a human being because of the money he has here's what i think about all this there's hardship in this world it's terrible and very unfair literally it's not of him that runs or wheels this one this one i knew it i do in all the hardness the world gives many come to a place of seeming triumph many more break and accept seeming defeat i keep saying seeming because the sense of triumph and defeat may just be a function of perception you know what one thinks triumph looks like what the other has concluded the definition of defeat is though the man to my left may have been nicer his point was apt one can only perceive true triumph defeat wealth or poverty in the light with enlightenment i will never forget the not so gentle gentleman in my head he's a friend for one he gifted me an entire podcast episode <laughs> but more importantly he got me thinking and here i am about to summarize my thoughts with another science themed analogy i'd say it like this 